about that, everybody? I mean, oh my gosh, those of you who are like still you're like able to join us right now, I know a bunch of people are going to come in. That was incredible. That was huge. I mean, first ever home playoff win for the Seattle Kraken. First overtime playoff game to get that big goal from Jordan Everly. See him get on there. Power play goal. I mean, just all of it was amazing. <laughs> the bottom line, it was amazing. This was a fantastic game for a lot of reasons. Obviously, there's some horrific parts of this game, too, that we will talk about, of course. Uh, talking about the Jared McCann situation and everything. But, I mean, this was a game in which the Kraken out played the Colorado Avalanche to tie this series and this is what we wanted right this is what we had talked about after the last game tie this series up go back to Colorado make it a best of three series with two games on the road because that's what the Kraken do right and uh we're in that we're in that situation now and it was oh man this was a huge game for the Kraken I mean, just, you know, they, they had the early lead. They lost the early lead to be able to come back and win in overtime like that is, is a really big deal. Uh, they fixed the face-off issue. They got a couple power play goals. They're big. They're physical. They blocked a ton of shots. I mean, there's just so much good stuff to talk about on this playoff edition of Post Game Live. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Thanks to Queen Anne Beer Hall for sponsoring this. I cannot imagine what that place must be like right now. Oh my gosh, just like just like Climate Pledge because this was just it was an insane game. Insane way to finish it, fantastic way to finish it. This game. Oh, there's a lot to talk about. Going to start it off though with the super chat here from Seth. That game was next level intense. It was. This is the first one that felt like a hardcore playoff game and we got a little bit of all of it, right? There was officiating controversy. No, you know, right? I it sucks that that's got to be part of the narrative, but it's part of the narrative. Uh, you had the Kraken with 52 hits in this one. This one's this was the game that felt the most physical this entire series for a lot of different reasons. But this game was crazy, crazy physical. And then you've got the overtime, right? Those are the three things that just make it feel like that. It's one of those classic playoff hockey games. I think we are well on our way to working towards having a rival here in the Colorado Avalanche. I know, you know, there's plenty of reasons. And again, we'll talk about it soon. Plenty of reasons for us to feel that way. But I think as we're, you know, kind of really giving them a hard time here as they start their title defense, they're not happy. Uh, it is clear the players have been talking about how frustrating that this has been, uh, how good the Kraken are, how tough this series has been on them. Nathan McKinnon with that infamous quote after the last game. Uh, I think that's a big deal. And then you can, boy, you can sure see it from their fans on Twitter. <laughs> I tell you what, uh, the Colorado fans are certainly, certainly feeling this and they are not happy with us uh, being this plucky underdog trying to make it all happen. But the bottom line is the Seattle Kraken tonight, no matter what metric you look at, the Kraken outplayed them. You almost doubled the shots on goal. You, they won the faceoff battle. We won the special teams battle. Uh, more hits, more blocks. The deserved a winometer was like a joke in favor of the Kraken all day long on this one. Just oh, it is so, so, so good. So, so good. So much great stuff. And of course, Gregory coming in here with the super chat. Lemon Lime Gatorade time, baby. I got you right here. Mm. Oh, that tastes good after the overtime. Let me tell you. Uh, the arena was electric. This was my first ever playoff game in any sport. Uh, finally scoring on the power play was oh, so sweet. 
I am so happy for you, Gregory, and everybody else who was able to attend this one in person. That crowd was fantastic and good on all of you for booing Kale McCarr every time he touched the puck. That was, I thought, really good uh, and fantastic. All that good stuff there, um, especially on the power places. <laughs> passing and handling the puck just the that, that was fantastic uh the crowd was huge tonight i mean there was times you could tell players were having a hard time hearing the whistle uh just because of how electric that crowd was so super ha happy for you gregory happy for everyone who was there thanks for the super chat light with the super chat every player who had a bad game last game came out proud of ebbs he earned it we have a game six and the nhl has been made well aware of who the hell we are we are definitely on the radar. I, you know, so many national pundits, nobody was picking us to really do what they're doing in this series. And, you know, we talked about the, at the last game, we were keeping it close. We were keeping it close. We're, we're frustrating them. We're doing those things. If the Kraken, they can just kind of tweak one of those three issues that's been bothering them. They're right back in this. They can totally take game four. We can make this a best of three series, all of that stuff. And the bottom line is the Kraken fixed all of it. Right. The power play was struggle two for five tonight, including on that uh, that game winner. At least I think it was right. Yeah, it was. I just want to make sure it didn't expire. And I was technically wrong. Um, the Kraken, they fix the power play. They come out swinging their um, face offs. Fifty six percent in favor of of the uh, the Kraken in this one. Everybody really able to get it, the job done. You know, credit to Maddie Beneers getting up to 50 percent there on the on that. Yanni Gord talked about this on the deep dive yesterday. He had really been the worst faceoff man for the Kraken 67 percent tonight that's more than double what he was doing before in this series uh so credit to those guys stepping up Daniel Sprong lots of talk about him last post game also on the deep dive comes out get that big power play goal uh to help put the Kraken up to nothing earlier on Jordan Eberle somebody we talked about need maybe needing to start showing up a little bit more huge huge overtime game winner there so this was i mean there was just so much about this game that was that was fantastic and yeah the bottom line is the kraken needed to respond after that game three performance and they did uh whether you know the team as a whole responded and a lot of individuals responded as well and if the kraken are going to be able to do that we are not going away anytime soon colorado is going to have to really try to dig deep within themselves and try to come out because the bottom line is just like last game, their big guys were going right. Miko Ranton and getting a couple goals in this one. Nathan McKinnon looks pretty good. It's not enough. We've got the depth. They don't have the depth. They need to figure out a way of dealing with that. And it's, oh, it's going to be really, really hard for them. Certainly saying with the uh, super chat here as well, the good treats for the goodest good girl. Definitely make that happen. See if we can get her uh, back here. I think I've run out of the frosted ones, which is good because I'm still picking sprinkles out of my bed uh, from game one. Here she is. She's ready. She knows what's up. Uh, thank you very much, Absurdly Sane, for the super chat. But yeah, this game, I mean, it had a little bit of everything for, for the playoffs. There you go, Afra. Good girl. Um, it had a little bit of everything that you'd want uh, in a playoff game. Uh, is the bottom line and and that includes a Kraken win Kraken home playoff win that is something I'm super excited that we got to see I'm super happy for all the fans in attendance that they got to see that because I mean that is just oh it's it's got to be one of the most incredible feelings I've never I've never been there for it I, I can only imagine um, but it's got to be one of the most incredible feelings uh, to, to see that 
to have that home playoff win. Uh, yeah, it's oh man, just so so much good stuff. I'm just still trying to wrap my head around it all. Uh, Michael, uh, let's go. Um, uh, for the winner, uh, I know. I mean, that whole sequence there was was crazy for that final goal. Um, the power play. I mean, what made the power play work on that one? We finally got to see a little bit of player movement. It was a great pass to get it to Jaden Schwartz uh, for on the inside for that. They utilized the inside. I mean, everything we were talking about the power play, they, they started doing there was they had the player movement and they got inside. Um, it creates that great opportunity for Jaden Schwartz. Yeah, they make the save, but because of that player movement, because Eberle was already trying to work inside, he was able to be there for that rebound, send it, it rides right up uh, his blocker and in for the OT winner. I mean, oh, oh, it was so good. It was just, it was really satisfying because of all of those things that we had talked about after last game about what the Kraken needed to be doing better uh, and to, to just have it all there, including winning the face. I mean, just, it was great. The bottom line is it's cracking playoff hockey, baby. Schultz is saying there. It's so, so great. Um, Schultz, does anyone else think if the Kraken laid the hit McCarr did, it would have been a five minute major? All right. I mean, I, I'm trying to keep like the good vibes going for all this, but the bottom line is that does need to be talked about is the, the situation with the Kale McCarr hit on Jared McCann. McCann obviously gone for the rest of this game. We will find out in the coming days. Uh, the length of that injury, what it's really going to be as far as the series is concerned. Um, but yeah, it, it's okay. So let's, let's talk about it um, because there's a lot of aspects to cover. I'm sure we'll cover it and get RJ's opinion in a little bit, but for, for me, um, it's clearly interference. The puck is gone. There's been a whistle even. So it's a post whistle hit. All of that stuff, definitely a, a penalty. There's no way around that. It's absolutely a penalty. Um, I think as far as the hit itself is concerned, the initial principal point of contact, because that's the big thing that the player safety department cares about is that it is shoulder to shoulder. Um, so there's, you know, it's not a boarding play because his back's not turned. And, um, and uh, there it was, it was shoulder to shoulder as, as well, as far as where the principal point of contact is the follow through though, is nasty and did not need to be there. That was completely unnecessary. They didn't, he did not need to follow through with his hand, shoving his, no, Afra, thank you, uh, shoving McCann's head into the boards like that. That was totally dirty. Absolutely think that was dirty. Um, so there's, there's that aspect of it. Uh, and so then we get to, you know, well, what can you call this, right? Because if it's, it's, you know, it's not boarding and all that kind of stuff. The bottom line is they call it interference, which is definitely is because it's a play away from the puck. No arguments there with the fact that it's interference, obviously. They call it the five-minute major so that they can review it, and then they bring it down to two. I looked into the rule book during that first intermission because RJ and I were texting. We weren't sure what, like, how high of a level can you go for an interference penalty as far as, in-game punishment is concerned. And so I looked it up in the rule book at the ref's discretion. And this is the ref's there. Toronto cannot make this call. This would be the ref's in the building at the ref's discretion for an interference call. It can be the two minutes that we normally see and that they ultimately called. It can be a five minute major. If they so choose, they can also make it a game misconduct, which would have of course ejected uh, Kale McCarr from this game. He would have been removed from this game. The Kraken would have had a five-minute major penalty. 
It's a five minute power play. You can score as many times as you want on it. It doesn't go away. Um, and so that's where I think the sticking point lies with the refs in this game is I, I, you know, I think that at the very least it should have been a five minute major because of how egregious it was as interference, right? I'm not even talking about the hit itself. Just the fact that there was a hit when the puck is in the other corner, whistle's been blown. The puck is not there. Right. Camel car has to know that. And even if he doesn't, that's his excuse. That's not an excuse the refs can use to lessen the penalty. You know what I mean? Um, the bottom line is, as far as I'm concerned, it was it was strong enough evidence of significant interference that it should have at least been the five minute major. I could see them not necessarily wanting to toss somebody in a big in a big playoff game, especially a star player like, you know, whatever. But at the very least, it should have been a five minute major. Uh, just because of how egregious it was as an act of interference. The hit itself, I don't think he'll get much. Uh, I don't know that he'll get suspended for it because, again, Department of Player Safety for the last decade and a half, their big thing whenever it comes to hits and especially hits to the head and all that stuff is what was the principal point of contact. They're going to point to this and say it was shoulder to shoulder and that they always just act like the follow through is just whatever. Like, like it doesn't matter as long as the point of the principal point of contact wasn't a headshot, then they they just don't care. I think this is going to be an interesting case to see from them because the follow through sure seems pretty intentional. Like this wasn't, you know, oh, he hit him and it wasn't like a Pavelski thing where he hit him and then, you know, McCann fell upside down on his head and received the injury that way. This was very much McCarr pretty intentionally looking slamming his head with his hand into the boards. I think that's what's going to be really fascinating to see as somebody who has seen a lot of Department of Player Safety videos. Um, I'm very intrigued to see what they do. I would I would like to see Kale McCarr um, get some form of suspension or something uh, because, again, also the interference is inexcusable. You have to know where the puck is and you have to under you have to know it's your responsibility as the player on the ice to know that McCann does not have the puck there. It's your responsibility to hear the whistle. Those things did not happen. That has to happen. It has to happen. And you are Kale McCarr. You're one of the best hockey players in the world. Uh, so the excuse of like, well, I he just wasn't like smart enough to understand that. I wouldn't buy that for a second. So um, those are my thoughts on the Jared McCann situation with the Kale McCarr hit, all of that kind of stuff. I think that it should have been a five minute major. The refs had the ability to make it as such because of the interference. I think the hit, I'm, I'm not, I'm not hopeful that, that we're going to see anything because the hit was shoulder to shoulder initially. And in general, we don't see punishment for follow through actions only for the principal point of contact. Um, that those are my thoughts. We will of course hear from RJ. Uh, I think that that's going to be a, a big, big deal as well. Thank you everybody for being in here, by the way, as well. Tons of people in here, tons of chat to get through. So let's, let's start going uh, into this. Um, let's see here. So many, so much elation at the top of chat. I absolutely love that. Um, James, what a battle back after losing Canner definition of team effort. Wow. 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 For sure. We talked about this last time. This team is known for that. This is what we know as Kraken fans watching every game of this team. We know that this team battles back. They don't give up. They show up the full 60 minutes. Absolutely love it. Ty and karma karma prevails. Absolutely. And and that was fantastic. I also like that, you know, on the resulting power play, Daniel Sprong scores that power play goal. 
scored it basically doing what Jared McCann does, right? He was up in that Jared McCann kind of spot on the ice on the power play. He walked in coming in towards the slot from that kind of, you know, um, that angle that McCann likes to take and he was able to score the goal. I thought that was kind of like a good uh, karma moment uh, to, to get back at the abs for the situation. Uh, yeah. I just, Oh, the whole thing was absolutely fantastic. Um, <laughs> another super chat here from Aaron. I am never coming down from that greatest sports experience ever. Let's go. Sorry for the all caps. Do not be sorry for the all caps. You are screaming. You are excited. You are happy, Aaron. And so am I. I'm speaking in all caps right now. Oh man. Absolutely love it. Uh, thank you for the, for the, uh, the super chat. And yeah, there is, there is no need to to come down from this uh, at all for a little while there. You just, you really, really don't need to. Oh man, I hope everybody is super, super happy for all this. Uh, let's see here. Um, oh, another one. Let me go down here. Edward, anybody who thought the Kraken would be an easy out were sorely mistaken. Squid Squad, for real. Let's go Kraken. Oh, totally. Totally, totally. Thank you for the super chat, Edward. And it's true, right? I mean, we saw it. There was nobody was picking us uh, to win this series, and and we are here. It is tied two two. We're going back to Colorado. We are an incredible, incredible, incredible road team. We absolutely know that. Uh, I think this this game five is going to be huge. The Kraken are going to come out. They're going to come out strong. We know that from this series. They come out. They've scored the the first goal in each game. Oh man, it is absolutely fantastic. Um, okay, so I'm seeing in here down at the bottom here uh, from Q Stell. Thank you so much. You're putting in the Kale McCarr quote, so I do want to get to that. Let's let's go ahead and cover that. Uh, McCarr, I didn't feel like I tried to finish him that far. I feel like if I was in that scenario, they would have done the exact same thing. I'm not trying to hurt anybody. Okay. Uh, I mean, what else are you supposed to say in that situation? I guess. Uh, and then from Q Stealth as well, he said he wasn't sure where the puck was and thought McCann was going to the corner for the puck. I mean, that's obvious. I, I mean, I, I there's no other reason to do what you did and to hit McCann the way that you did. Um, again, like I said, that's an excuse Kale McCarr can have. That's not an excuse the refs can use uh, as for why they didn't call it a major. Um, and so, you know, I, Kale McCarg, that's all the stuff I expected him to say. I'm sure that there is definite, you know, that's, that's his truth and whatever. Um, but again, I still don't think that that's enough to have it only be a two minute minor penalty. I just don't when it, when the puck is so far gone, I mean, th if this was a high stick situation, right? Like you're calling that if it was, if it was uh, a board or something like that, you know, any, any other sort of dirty play uh, the refs are calling that like it, they would, and they would say, it's your responsibility to know if you didn't know that, well, it doesn't matter. It's your responsibility to not hit somebody from behind into the boards or to, you know, high stick somebody, right? You're always responsible for your stick. That is the, that is the letter of the law when it comes to everything. So, I, why that doesn't apply to this situation while the puck is like completely somewhere else. It's not even in TV camera frame. Uh, I, I don't, I don't get that. I think that that's something that the, the refs internally are going to have to deal with. Um, Seth with the super chat here. Did you kind of feel like the hit on McCann was planned, you know, take out our best player, but forget the depth. I don't think so. Um, I really don't uh, just, 
being honest, I I don't think so. And I mean, to be honest, McCann, we we talked about him on the deep dive. We talked about him last game. He's actually been struggling in this series. So uh, if you were to choose somebody on the Kraken, I don't know that that McCann would be the person that you would really kind of single out um, to go after. I like I said, I I I do believe McCarr probably did think that the puck was there. I understand that right when it was live and all happening. I just kind of assumed because that's what was going on um, that the puck was there. I also think that if there was anything, there was an element of McCarr lost his temper because he had just gotten burned on a breakaway while the abs were on a power play and he was frustrated and he was a little ticked off that that turnover happened and Maddie made that great pass back and that it was him and his responsibility that McCann got behind him, got behind his back. He didn't see him. And so I think that there was a little bit of that from the car. That's where you see that extra little bit of follow through again, that's speculation on my part, but I could see that like thinking as a player, that's, you know, I would be feeling really pissed off there. Um, I think that there's an element to that. I, I don't think that it was um, targeting McCann. I don't think that there was anything like that. I don't think that it was premeditated in any way. Um, I just I just don't. Um, that's that's just my honest take. And, and yeah, so I, I believe McCarr in the sense that, you know, I, I think that he thought that maybe the puck was there and everything. But the bottom line is that's not an excuse from the official standpoint. Um, LGG with the super chat. Unbelievable crack in hockey. Can't wait for game six at home. Oh, my me either. Me either. Oh, my gosh. Um, that is that is fantastic for that. Oh, it's I just can't wait for game six at home either. And that and you know, think about it, right? Kraken could have a chance to to clinch the series for that game. Oh, ah, oh my gosh, ticket prices for that are gonna go insane if that situation happens. Not not that I'm trying to give anybody nightmares uh at almost eleven o'clock night here here on the West Coast. Um <laughs> All right, so I'm just going to try to find my way through this chat, everybody. Everybody in here, 184 at the moment. Love to see it. Tom, I don't know what to do with my hands. Tell me about it. I guess at least I get to scroll through chat. Uh, Michael, I think I woke my neighbors up. Go, I mean, you know what? Go for it, Michael. Just make them cracking fans. Tell them, just tell them, don't they want that excitement too? What, you're, what we're all going through? Who wouldn't want this in your life? It's so incredible. I love it. Um, I love Canner, but uh, Trey... But uh, trade McCann for McCarr if he's suspended is a good deal for us, honestly. Net positive from Coop. I mean, McCarr is an incredible player. I, I guess technically you're right. I still wouldn't want the situation to play out the way that it went. I just really wouldn't. Um, uh, Paul with the super chat here. Rebecca and I went to this game tonight. Congrats, Paul. I hope you both had a fantastic time. Total blast. Epic celebration. Thanks, Dylan, for kicking off this dance party. Come and get your love. Never sounded so sweet. Thanks to, to RJ. Definitely. Oh, man. I, I got to imagine everybody there. There must have been a good dance party uh, in there as well, everybody, just, right? Like just oh, after that game. And I love the team uh, saluting the fans on the ice as well as they were celebrating it all. Just fantastic. So, so fantastic. Um, let's see. Makar is going down as one of the most hated players by the Kraken now up there with Tyler Myers from Walt. Definitely. I mean, game six going to come back to Seattle. Uh, I guarantee you those boos are going to keep happening for every single time he touches the puck. I, I really doubt that's going away. Autumn, what a game. McCarr, public enemy number one. See, that's what I'm saying. That's going to stay that way for a little, little while. Um, in order to keep the stream monetized, here are my thoughts on McCarr. Bleep, bleep, bleep from Nathan. Thank you very much for looking out for us there, Nathan. Oh, man. 
Oh, Gordy, greetings from the Brighton Pub in Vancouver. First Seattle win in a Stanley Cup game on home ice since 1919 in the playoff. It's, it's incredible. It is so fantastic. Love to see it. Another historic first for us. Get to be here and celebrate with all everybody. It's, it's so, so great. Um, Air, so glad for this win by the Kraken. Payback for McCann. Congrats to Kraken fans for first ever home playoff win. Let's go. Definitely. I mean, oh, man, there's so much stuff. Joey, 14 more wins to go. 14. That's it. 14 more wins. That's right. Another puck gets to get out into the board and in the locker room at Climate Pledge Arena. Cannot wait for the video to go up on Kraken Twitter to see who gets to put that up. Who's getting the Davy Jones hat? I, I mean, I don't know if somewhere in all of this chat uh, is is somebody talking about that. But I mean, who do you give who do you give the Davy Jones hat to in this one? I mean, Ebb's got that game winning goal, the OTGWG. Hard to argue against him, right? I, I I think I'd probably go with Eberly because of that. I mean, Grubauer was really strong in this one. It was a it was a total team effort, though. It's it's that's the issue is that it's one of those games where the entire team just played fantastic. I'm looking at the box score right now. Jaden Schwartz had 11 shots on goal. Now, maybe that is going to get corrected at some point and that someone put an extra digit there, but I that's entirely possible. Jaden Schwartz has really been one of the unsung heroes for the Kraken in this one. I know he scored some goals in the last game, but he is he has been fantastic and you know it was again, it was the it was the play to him on the inside that produces the rebound that Eberly was able to use to score that game-winning goal. But 11 shots on goal from Jaden Schwartz. That Wenberg line having geeky back was absolutely incredible and fantastic. Again, I'm refreshing my money puck so I can get the exact line stats from them. But I talk about it on the deep dive. They were they were producing for this Kraken team those first two games of this series. 80% of the expected goals when they was in favor of the Kraken when they were out there on the ice. I mean, it's it's an incredible line having geeky back was a big, big deal for them. And yeah, again, in this one, Wenberg, Geeky, Schwartz, they were only out there for 430 together. But the bottom line is when they are operating all on the same page, they are fantastic. And even the Wenberg, Schwartz, Tanev um, line that it kind of got switched around to after the injury to McCann, uh, that one as well. I mean, just massively in favor of the crack and all, all the you know expected goals events. Um just because, and a lot of that is because of Jaden Schwartz. He's he's a vet. He's been there, done that one, stand the cup, all that stuff. He is bringing it. He is absolutely bringing it right now. Uh, Ty, McCarr won't even get looked at. Playoff hockey, and he is a star. We got that W. That's our justice. I mean, the W is huge. It does, it does help a ton. I mean, without that, the situation would be just awful. Um, and yeah, I, like I said, I'm not hopeful for a suspension. I think they'll just look at it, say it was shoulder to shoulder, and move on. Unfortunately, that's just what I what I think is going to happen. Uh, but, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe they want to change things up, right? They, they suspended Michael Bunting three games. I didn't think they would do that. So it's possible. Uh, Gary said my super chat didn't go through. I'm sorry too, Gary. Um, yeah, that sucks. I don't know uh, what's going on. I can tell that people um, from both sides of the, like, you know, if you're using like an Android device or an Apple device, both of those are going through. That's the difference in the 99 versus the whole numbers, by the way, everybody. That's how you can tell um, just behind the scenes stuff. Um, I'm really sorry about that, Gary, but I'll, I'll read your stuff anyway. I'll read your stuff and glad to have you back in here for one of these two uh, as well for the first time this this playoff series. Um 
Bjorky just Bjorky, the biggest Bjorky game tonight from Kyle. I absolutely love it. Oliver Bjorkstrand has been fantastic. That line, that Gord line, they put in work again, again. I mean, I know they do it all the time, but they do. They're so, so good. Um, Shushine in line for the monorail. I love this goddamn team. I do too, Shushine. Absolutely fantastic. I know you were in the building today as well. Hope you had a fantastic time. Lindsay, from scoring the winning goal for Team Canada to tonight, Jordan Everly is the king of the game-winning goals. That's right, Jordan Everly. He does have a history of this. He does know how to step up in the big moments, and he absolutely got that. Uh, one more time, just another feather in his cap of, of massive game-winning goals. Um, triadic Daniel Sprung, so proud of my boy for sure. He gets to take one uh, a victory lap there. Gabby, I would argue the McCarr hit was worse than the bunting hit on Chernak because the puck was fully out of play. Bunting was ejected and suspended three games. Where was that refing tonight? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's one of those where that was just a pure headshot. Like he is just absolutely taking his head off. Uh, his head is turned. He is a completely defenseless player. I agree that as far as like a penalty goes, this big is just like the most egregious form of interference I've ever seen. Um, so that's definitely a problem. Uh, I just think that again, Department of Player Safety, they the 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 line that they care about is the principal point of contact, and for this one, it was shoulder to shoulder on that initial hit. Uh, I don't know. Andy, is it just me or are the refs kick uh, kicking Kraken centers out of the faceoff dot more this series than abs? And why is that the case? There's a lot of weird stuff uh, that goes into the faceoff stuff. I've, I've talked about this before. That's like my one area that I've just never really been able to get a grasp on in all of hockey. Uh, there's just a there's just a ton of stuff there. Um, but I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I'd have to look at the numbers. I don't know if there's if there's really been an imbalance as far as that goes. And it's also possible that it's just been, you know, the the Kraken, especially in this game, because they were really trying to make an effort to win faceoffs. That's really been the one thing that we've gotten uh, from this team and in, in some of the pressers and stuff is they know that they needed to win faceoffs more. Uh, so if they got tossed more tonight pardon me uh it was probably just because they were being that much more aggressive really trying to jump the gun on those so i could see a situation like that today where they would get tossed jumping the gun a little bit because they knew the importance of face-offs for this game and the bottom line is they won the game and they won the face-off uh battle tonight um that dog is so ugly it's cute get out of here she's just she's just beautiful get out of here uh <laughs> <laughs> uh power play and faceoffs night and day from game three from rick absolutely i mean i talked about it before got the player movement got working inside on the power plays uh that's why you get a couple goals there that was fantastic to see the faceoffs just talked about they they absolutely were going for it they knew they knew what they needed to do um jules ripped my message got eaten i'm oh apologize is that another super chat I have no idea what's going on because we've been getting the other ones. I'm very, very sorry, Gary and Jules. Very, very sorry. Um, I don't know that there's really anything I can do is, is the problem on my end. I apologize. I'll just make sure to try to grab all your uh, stuff in here. RJ with the, ah, I can't wait to join. I know I can't wait to, to, to have RJ uh, hop in here as well and, and to hear um, from everybody after this one. Lindsay feels like the media is finally starting to take notice of this team. And I love it. Also super happy for the W in front of all the Seattle celebrities. Oh, I got to imagine everybody was there for this game. Uh, that's fun for sure. Um, let's see. Dang. I was so elated and frustrated that I felt like the avalanche felt like they were going to win it. And after the Eberly goal, I, I could say I screamed F you. 
from Garrick. Oh, I love the passion, Garrick. Definitely, definitely. I mean, that's what playoff hockey's all about. Um, <laughs> definitely. Uh, impressive win for you Seattle fans from Connor. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Uh, this is the first time this series that the Leafs and Kraken have both won on the same night. What a crazy comeback down 4-1 to start the third. Lindsay, I'll give it to you because it's you and you're in here all the time. But, like, we don't need to talk about the Leafs winning. Come on. Come on. Kraken won. There's no reason to talk about that. Um, Rebecca, Kraken seriously entered the chat with this game completely i mean i can't wait to hear again though the problem is right we play on the same day as the leafs the leafs suck all the oxygen out of the room whenever anything happens with them especially on a day like today where they come back from a 4-1 deficit that's gonna that's gonna get a lot of attention but i i definitely think like story two it's gonna be a huge deal on everything all the podcasts tomorrow all the radio shows tomorrow uh all of it uh, is going to be people talking about this game, talking about the the Kale McCarr hit. They are definitely going to talk about that um, and talk about the fact that, you know, the defending champs are, have a real struggle on their hands right now with this um, incredibly deep and strong. And you never know who's going to show up on a nightly basis, Seattle Kraken team. And I think that that's huge. And I'm, I'm happy, too, that we're just finally getting that recognition because the boys have deserved it all year long. No question about that. You know what I mean? Um. Let's see. Uh, Rick, you can't analyze this without taking into account how late it was. He couldn't protect himself. Yeah, it's 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 a weird one. I, I I mean, there's just so much about it. And I I really hope that the the league does try to take a serious look at this one. Uh, Michelle, the Kraken just gave me the best birthday present ever. Yay. Happy birthday. Definitely cannot think of a better uh, birthday present than this one for sure um let's see Lindsay. shout out to the kraken too for not losing in triple overtime the boys know i gotta wake up for work in the morning well i know uh we had on discord and on twitter i was seeing all the east coast fans uh talk about the game going to overtime because it was already one in the morning uh, as we were on our way there oh, for sure i mean that's that's brutal i feel for you all but uh that's what being a diehard's all about you're, you're all good there um the way call uh the thrift shop hockey the way colorado and their fans are treating this um wild card seattle team is like we are uh here to steal their candy instead of just happy golden retriever squids i say screw it uh let's go take their candy then oh definitely 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 uh we got to go and get it and be a spoiler and do all of that stuff i just have to we just have to it's so much fun right i mean watching them all freak out it's fun it's great and and hearing things like nathan mckinnon talking about this being the you know the toughest playoffs all that kind of stuff i absolutely Love it. Absolutely love it. Gregory Everly scoring the game winning goal on McCarr with sweet poetic justice. Oh, for sure. And thank you for the super chat there, Gregory. Absolutely for sure. It was it was the best thing. Like like Ty said earlier, right? Like us winning this game was the best form of justice that we could have gotten uh, after that whole situation. Gary with the super chat here as well. What a freaking game. So happy to be here with all of you. Thank you everyone for being here and making this such a great community. This one is for Canner. Let's go cracking for sure, Gary. Like I said, it is so great to have you back. Great to have you on Discord today and, and talk throughout the game. It's uh this team is so great and and this community is even better. Uh, the community that has sprung up around the Kraken and not just here uh, in the East, you know, within the ECH bubble, if you will, uh, but just everywhere. And and Seattle, it's a sports town. 
and and they just absolutely embrace all of it i i love it oh i absolutely love it so so great so so great uh appreciate everyone being in here uh let's let's go through some more here in chat i mean it's just all over the place it's like a mile long oh man i love it i love it have i said i love this community um the whistle was after the hit from qhn that's what i thought initially too but then i kept seeing things that were saying that it was post whistle including the the guys on tbs i went back i do think that it was just the crowd was so loud at that point that you could not hear it because of the breakaway um i really just think that you couldn't hear the whistle but i do believe that the whistle was there um and that 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 you just couldn't hear it initially but i do believe that it looked like the refs were um in the process of, of blowing it all down um Let's see. Uh, Fusion Mix. I missed a whole section of the first period because TBS moved it to True TV, but I think I'm glad I didn't have to see McCar uh, McCann get buried. The This whole, we need to flex it out because of the previous game. This happens every year. I get it. They can't afford to push off the West Coast games too late because it does make them too late. I absolutely understand that. Why all of a sudden this year? This TBS thing, I get, you know, they're flexing to true TV because all they've got is impractical jokers all day long. Nobody's really going to miss that, right? I get that. Switching while the game is still going is inexcusable. Absolutely inexcusable. I've, I've never seen that. I have never seen that. We, we had to deal with this with ESPN. They pushed it to ESPNU. They at least waited until the, there was, there was a, a TV timeout to make the switch and have everybody switch so that you don't miss anything. I had to switch back because they just cut it like that, like just basically no warning. And then I had to cut it. And by the time I got there, face off had already happened. Play is underway. And there was a goal not too long after that. I think the, the Will Borgen goal was not too long after that. I, I believe it was that one. Uh, just ridiculous. Ridiculous. Absolutely inexcusable. They have to figure that one out. I don't, I can't believe that that's a rights issue. I just think that that's um, Turner not doing a good job of handling that situation, but you should always wait for a TV timeout so that everybody has the ability and time to switch over without missing anything. Either that or start it on TBS, keep it on true until the TV timeout and then set everybody over. But it's, it's, it's absolutely inexcusable that we have to miss live action because they have to to change which channel they have it on. I mean, you know what I mean? Uh, Dutha with the super chat. Thank you very much. Best of three series. Now let's win the next one for McCann. Definitely. I cannot wait to see what the Road Warriors have in store for us. Game five in Colorado. It's going to be big. It's going to be epic. I love it. I mean, the the Avalanche had a really hard time dealing with this in Colorado, trying to figure out their line matchups, trying to figure out all that stuff. Because the bottom line is when you've got a team as deep as the Kraken, it's just, you know, it's pick your poison. Somebody's always going to get going there. And the Kraken, they played so well in those games, jumped out to good starts. They were feeling it. They don't let opposing crowds get to them in the slightest. I love that about this team. Uh, Tanif blowing the, the kisses to the crowd, all of it. Like, it's going to be so great. I think having Geeky back is huge. Oh, I cannot wait for that game. I cannot wait for that game. Ugh, we got to wait two days, too. How ridiculous is that? Um, Paul, great game. Let's talk about how great Schultz played all four periods. I talked about him on the deep dive um, that came out yesterday. We recorded it yesterday. Just, uh, Justin Schultz is playing out of his mind. This is the best hockey he has played all season long from Justin Schultz today. Uh, and this one, 
I mean, he's I talked most of that about his offense uh, on the podcast, but today his defense was incredible. He was so solid, active stick, defending the slot, fantastic, staying in passing lanes. He was breaking, you know, breaking up passes. He's insane right now. Like he has found that playoff level of hockey. He's a guy been there, won Stanley Cups. He understands what it takes. And he is he is reaching in within himself and he is pulling out all of that playoff mojo. Uh, Justin Schultz for me right now has really been the MVP of the playoffs for the Seattle Kraken. He has played that good. Um, yeah, it's just incredible. And I know it's not all showing up in stats. He's not getting, you know, a ton of points, although he's, he's getting a decent amount. I think his assist tonight makes it five through these four games. Uh, but Justin Schultz cannot say enough good things about him. Cannot say enough good things about him. Um, Stratic, my respect for Colorado has dropped so far in one game, not just some on the dirty play, but they didn't look like a very smart team for doing it. They were so inconsistent and unhinged. We're completely in their heads. And we, we, we saw this with Bednar's quotes after the last game. We saw this with McKinnon's quotes after the last game. You can just tell that we are in their heads. They have no idea how to deal with us. They did not expect that we were going to put up this kind of fight. They did not expect that they were going to have to deal with the issues that they are dealing with as far as trying to slow down this Kraken team, as far as trying to stop them. We had, uh, what was it, Byron, who was... Um, I think it was Byram who was uh, mic'd up for this one. And you heard during the stoppage, he's talking with Eric Johnson. And they're talking about how Morgan Geeky is entering the zone and they're trying to figure out how to stop it. You know, during stoppages, like one, I'll give them credit. Great job of communicating from one defensive pairing to another about what to do. The guys playing on the same side. I think all hockey players should do that. I think that that is the way to handle it. But it just goes to show you, they're not having a moment to, to deal with it. Like they are trying to deal with everything on the fly and it's a lot for them to be dealing with. And I think that that's what we're seeing here. Um, I, I absolutely love it. I mean, they're just, they're just going off, off, off. Tammy, more treats for dog scoy. So proud of our guys and the depth uh, keeps going with the, with Coachella winning their first series. The future near and far is bright. Absolutely. We haven't even talked about that, but congrats to the firebirds for beating uh, Tucson in their first ever um, playoff series down at the AHL level. It's just fantastic. It was a great shutout for Joey Decor in that final game. I believe it was five, nothing uh, in that deciding game three, because they were best of a three series there. So, you know, see something good to look forward to here for the Kraken, the best of three series. Um, and yeah, Shane Wright picked up a goal in that one. David Goyette picking up an apple. So talking about the guys that are, you know, coming up for, for everybody. The future is bright. Those those big names there, they're getting playoff experience, um, at playing against men at a very high level of hockey. Uh, it's ugh, there's, there's nothing but good stuff coming for the Kraken. It's, it's so fantastic. I love it so, so much. Thanks for the super chat, Tammy. Let me get Afra back up here for you as well. I'll get the the treat situation going uh here come on afro come on um let's see let me go back up here and chat somewhere um <laughs> would you rather play kings or oilers uh well it's it's a little irrelevant unless we were to get to the western conference finals which is a ways away so i don't want to get too ahead of ourselves really for anything uh but because we were playing colorado they won their division we're actually in that 
um, that central division bracket. So the winner of this series is going to have to play the winner of the Minnesota Dallas series, regardless of who wins our series, whatever. And which regardless of who wins that two, two series, um, that is what the next round matchup is going to be for either Colorado or Seattle. Um, and as far as that goes, I, Dallas probably just because like, wow, this thing is going like Minnesota is just out there. Talk about targeting players, trying to injure guys, being overly physical, all that kind of stuff. That is what Minnesota is absolutely doing right now. So I do not want to have to see them if it can be avoided. Ty, Patreon live stream needs to happen if it goes to seven. You're absolutely obligated, Lowell totally possible tie i we will definitely talk about that because it will be in colorado i know when we had looked into me going to colorado for maybe games one and two we just decided that the money was just too much to do but we kind of said you know game seven we want to have somebody there to be able to cover that um you know assuming things like would go well in a situation like that to be able to have somebody there to get all that um, stuff that goes on behind the scenes and whatnot. Uh, so we'll see if that is to transpire, but you know, got to get there. And the bottom line is we could win in six and I would probably rather just win in six than have to put uh, myself through all the stress. That would be a game seven, <laughs> just being honest. Uh, but we you, definitely, definitely, definitely Ethan's uh, Ethan's tech world. Hey, been a little while. Glad to see you back, um, man. I freaking love Seattle sports fans. We are far and above the best. Uh, the drive, the passion, the noise. Love it. Let's go Kraken for sure. Lindsay, did you see Eberly's expression after his goal when he looked up at the crowd and just soaked it all in? So wholesome. So happy for him. So happy for all of those guys to be able to do that. Like last game, Maddie with that celebration, right? There's a huge celebration for Maddie. Score in front of the home fans in a playoff game, a Stanley Cup playoff game. You could just see it. And yeah, for, for Eberly, get your first goal of this postseason. OTGWG on the power play. Absolutely love it. You're tying the series up. One again, the Kraken deserved to win this game. They outplayed Colorado. There's no metric you can point to that says Colorado should have won this game. I'm looking right now at just the basic aspects of the box score. There's only two things Colorado has a larger number in, and that's penalty minutes, which isn't good, and giveaways, which isn't good. So again, Kraken deserved to win this game. Really, really happy that they were able to close it out. And that's without even, again, mentioning the McCann stuff again. Um, Daniel, Seattle was ready for the NA. NHL, but I don't think the NHL was ready for Seattle and the craziness that happens around sporting events uh, as our, our teams are involved in. Agreed. Agreed. And you'll hear about it whenever the business of the NHL comes up. One of the things everybody loves to talk about is Seattle because Seattle fans have been supporting uh, the Kraken at insane historic levels. Let me tell you behind the scenes. And the NHL is very, very happy about that. But now, finally, ready to join us. We get RJ coming in to join us, looking dapper again as well. Love to see it. Uh, RJ, there is so much to talk about here. I mean, you can pick and choose where you want to start, whether it's, you know, with the with the score, the, over, the going to OT and that whole experience, or if you want to start with maybe the quotes from the coaches or the team. Uh, I, I'm just going to cede the floor to you because I need to drink something. Right. There was so much going on uh, after this game. I mean, you could hear the music bumping in the locker room. The guys were having a great time. Again, sorry for joining everybody so late, uh, but th there was just so much. Um, you know, hearing from from Jaden Schwartz, uh, from Jordan Eberle. I love Jordan Eberle's answers. He was kind of up at the table in the media room uh, about not just, you know, scoring the goal, going through that, but kind of what that goal meant 
to him, to everybody who was on this team all through last year. And he said, look, we, we want to make Seattle a hockey town. We want to provide uh, these moments because this is like the best part of, of what hockey is all about. And so to, to be there and to be able to give the fans moments like that, that's what means the most out, out of something like this. And um, I could go through all the X's and O's kind of from, from Dave Haxtell too. He talked about the power play improving, the, the defensive structure improving, um, and, and just getting through the, getting through the neutral zone better, managing the puck a lot better. Uh, that was one thing that he really harped on before the game. Uh, and then they did so much better of a job. He even kind of chuckled like, yeah, we, it was a little different, you know, than the last game. Um, Jordan Everly also was talking about um, just, how he was kind of joking with the players a little bit. They were joking around before the game, like, hey, yeah, this is this is the biggest game in Kraken franchise history. Mm -hmm. uh, so it was definitely present in their minds, even though, you know, two years in, maybe it means something a little different, but they were thinking about it. And now Jordan Everly has the biggest goal in Kraken franchise history. Yeah, he does. I mean, we talked about that. Lindsay bringing up, you know, going back to, to the world junior days with him, right? Scoring these massive game winning goals. Like he is just that guy. Uh, Sergeant Pickles with the super chat here. Dud McCarr just made the list. Studs, bearded Borgie bombs, Spronger silky snipes. Eb says, who's your daddy? This deserves a glass of the good stuff. Absolutely. Hope you're enjoying yourself, Sergeant Pickles. Thanks for the super chat. Um, I mean, oh, there's just so much about this game, RJ. It is so incredible. I, I mean, the crowd was electric. Again, we heard that from Gregory. We've heard that from some other people who were there. I mean, what was what were you thinking when this game was going to overtime? I, I, I was actually nervous. I was, I was feeling pretty nervous about it. I wasn't sure how I would feel exactly because you know you've covered games, especially when lots of lots of stuff is going on, where you're kind of more concerned about like making sure you cover it all properly, making sure you analyze it. The whole, you know, I've got to get this on and this and this. But I, I was able to just kind of watch it, and I was kind of concerned. But are the Kraken going to win? And so it was really tense. I had Darren Brown from Sound of Hockey right next to me i mean i think we, he he even more than me was it just this glass case of emotion it was pretty fun i mean you know he's been covering the steve Eck even longer than we have and just for him to, to watch him was entertaining in itself but yeah as the game was going to overtime i i just i felt like it was a coin flip i felt like it was a 50 50 game and it was just going to take some bounce or, or maybe a penalty like it did uh to go one way or the other and um I also just figured, you know, what are the odds? This is the third game in a row they go in, tied into the third. Uh, you know, what are the odds they lose three in a row? This is the fourth game in a row that they they score first. What are the odds they lose three of those in a row? Like, they, they should win, right? Right? Yeah. Law of averages says they have to, right? <laughs> but the other thing I was thinking at, about during the intermission was just, I was reflecting on the fact that the Kraken fans have, have kind of leveled up so much in front of our very eyes. And that was my biggest takeaway right away is just kind of how proud I was of everybody in the building for making that atmosphere what it was, uh, whether it was like booing Kale McCarr every time he touched the puck or just the loud cheers from start to finish. I mean, the, the fans were behind the team the entire game and, and it was it was loud. It was energetic all through the third going to overtime. I'm just, I, I'm kind of so proud of everyone. The Yanni chance, you know, chanting Yanni's name as he's going with Josh Manson. Um, this was the best atmosphere in this building. And honestly, it's not even close. It, it was kind of even a mile better than the last game. Yeah, oh, it, it sounded incredible. Uh, again, jealous that you're there. Sounds like maybe, you know, next time if this if the situation happens in game six, maybe an OT situation, need to set up some sort of like live stream 
Uh, you just got to record Darren. We'll work out something with sound of hockey, do a collab. Right. And we'll, we'll make that happen. Maybe um, I think that would be a lot of fun. Um, I think before we go back to chat, the last thing that we you know, need to kind of talk about, get your thoughts on and everything. And maybe what, if, if anybody on the team mentioned it was, is of course the Jared McCann situation, the hit, the play, the aftermath, all of that kind of stuff. Right. And that was the biggest takeaway from some of the post-game answers. We got a little bit of clarity there. Um, the players didn't really want to go too far into it, understandably. Uh, but Dave Haxtell did. And he said that Jared McCann will for sure be out for game five uh, and probably longer. So he, he said kind of for the for the future, you know, going forward, he's not going to be available for us. And he seemed quite upset with the hit. Uh, he called it a very late hit. He was saying that watching the video back, you could see a, a fan was catching the puck as McCann was getting run into the boards. Uh, it was it was a very late hit. Uh, he kind of did not shy away from that. He strongly disagreed with uh, it being turned into a two minute penalty upon review. Um, so it, it kind of matches, you know, what what, what I thought about it. Um, and yeah, I mean, he he didn't hold back on it. And, and why should he? I think he even said something to the effect of, you know, and there all of a sudden there's our forty goal score. Just gone. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, he <laughs> he was not happy about the hit, uh, to say the least. And so I, I've got to agree with all of that. I thought it should have been a five minute major. Uh, the puck was long gone, as as the video, I guess, shows if a fan's catching the puck uh, when that hit begins. Uh, that's that's interference and it's bad interference. And um, I, I, I got video of Jared McCann kind of trying to get up off the ice slowly. I'm not sure how much the broadcast showed. I didn't want to post it. I didn't post it because. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it's clear that he's concussed. It's clear that, that he's struggling to get off the ice and he was wobbly. He was woozy. Uh, it was not good. And, um, yeah, I just, I hope he's all right. Uh, you just, you worry about a guy's long-term health with something like that. Um, Kale McCarr, not usually a, a dirty player. That's not really his game, but that was a very dirty hit. Yeah, it was. And I know there's been a lot of pushback. Uh, that I think that's the most comments we've ever received on a tweet of ours, uh, it seemed like, on, on this one. And I know that there's been pushback from Avs fans. I talked about it earlier, RJ. I And, you know, uh, QStealth put it in chat what uh, Makar's quote was after the game about it. And he thought McCann had the puck. I get that. That's That's the only thing I could think of. You know, is that he did assume is, is he did think that he was there. And the bottom line is that can be your excuse as a player, but it can't be the ref's excuse. And for the refs yep. to bring it down to the two minutes was just I, I just don't know how they did that, especially once we looked it up and realized that like they could have tossed him from the game for that. Forget just making it a major. They could have made it a misconduct. I I'm still flabbergasted by that decision and we'll see. Um, right. And I know Bednar said that he assumes because it was changed to a two minute minor that there will be no supplemental discipline for McCa uh, for from a car. Um, we'll see what Department of Player Safety does. I'm certainly not holding my breath on any of that. Um, yes. You know, we've, we've known to assume the worst from them. Uh, so I, I don't think we'll see anything further from that. I don't know. It's it's an unfortunate situation. It's going to be really tough going forward for the Kraken uh, without Jared McCann. Yeah, I will say this just because of what he said there. And this goes back to something I said earlier. Um, it's not a it looked like based on the rule book as I was reading it, that it's it's the refs in the building that have to make that decision. It's not Toronto. So that does yeah. mean that it would be different people that would then decide later on if there needs to be additional discipline. Right. But which, the, the league usually stands by their officials. That's what where I'm kind of getting at. I know. I know they did. They definitely do that. I've already said it with you. You know, they're just going to point to it and say principal point of contact with shoulder to shoulder. Everything after that doesn't matter. And everything before that doesn't matter. That's what they do. Um, but, uh, the TBS, uh, crew 
afterwards uh, during the that third intermission before overtime they really were thinking that that this is going to get looked at but you know i think that's probably wishful thinking just alongside all of the rest of us um right. daniel you know let's talk about uh going back to chat the McCann situation did open up different things because that spot needs to be filled on in the lineup, not just for next game, but it needed to be filled for the rest of this game. And so Daniel asking, was Donato and McCann's spot on the top line permanently? I loved seeing Geeky back as fourth line center. Um, I know we had just gotten Geeky back on that second line, RJ. It was doing its thing. And then this whole thing, we see the lineup shuffle. Um, what did you think of that situation and how Hacksaw kind of handled that, uh, you know, really on the fly? Uh, it's a tough situation to be in as a coach. For sure. I thought he handled it really well. Uh, and there was a lot of shuffling that needed to be done when you lose a guy like Jared McCann. Uh, it's hard. You can't replace him. I mean, you, you really can't. But he put Ryan Donato in that spot, and I really liked that decision. I thought Donato played really well in that spot. All of a sudden, you started to notice Ryan Donato really kind of jumping off the page, at least for me. There were a few plays that he made where I was like, oh, man, that's a Ryan Donato play, driving hard to the net, that wraparound attempt that he had. Um, plays like that. And also, we know he has the chemistry with Matty Beneers, and I think that's a big factor. Uh, we even talked about it before the season started. Like, what are the odds he might be able to earn a spot on that line? But when you're down some players, I think Ryan Donato is probably the guy to put there. And it ended up having ripple effects all the way down the lineup. We saw so many different forward line combinations. Um, but I thought Hackstall overall handled it really well. And the players stepped up. That is something the players talked about, uh, whether it was Johnny Gord or Jaden Schwartz. They both mentioned stepping up for their teammate uh, when their teammate goes down and how important it is to do that. And we've seen that from this group. From day one, even back to last season, they always step in, step up for their teammates. Yeah, no, they absolutely do. The 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 culture around this team is fantastic. We've talked about that so many times. Um, a lot of it. I like Donato being up there as well. We'll see if if they roll with that for the next game. Um, but uh, yeah, I thought the other thing about it was he got Beniers going. Like Beniers started playing with a different level of intensity, I felt like in this game, especially as it got going and went further and further on. And I do wonder if some of Donato's energy and his willingness to go be physical, go to the corners, do all that kind of stuff was starting to wear off on Maddie a little bit because Maddie was really making plays there, especially in that third period, that one sequence he had. He was totally going for it. I love to see that from Maddie. Um, definitely. Uh, Gord line looked fantastic again. Uh, Wenberg and Schultz, uh, when Tanev ascended up to their line to kind of help even things out, I thought that line looked really well. So it'll be interesting to see what Dave Haxtell wants to, to go ahead and do for the Game 5 lineup. Froden probably comes back in? Probably. I mean, he's, he's the extra forward. So unless they want to call somebody up, I might think about it. Honestly, I'm sorry. Froden did not impress me that much uh, when he was in the lineup in Geeky's place. Maybe a Max McCormick might might do a little better or I, you don't want to take away from Coachella Valley, you know, given the playoff run they're on. But I don't know. Maybe, maybe you look at someone who can give you a little bit of a spark. I was going to say this. This series is more important organizationally. Yeah. I get it. Coachella, maybe they even have a better chance of winning their championship. But this is the Stanley Cup playoffs. It's the NHL level. You're tied 2-2 with the defending Stanley Cup champions. You have to you have to give this series your all. It has to be priority for the organization. I suspect we'll see what we saw last time. Max McCormick is called up. 
uh, just because that's clearly who they've decided they want to be that extra guy. And then, yeah, my guess is that probably just because Froden has already played in this series, he's been around the, the guys and everything. He's been practicing with them, doing morning skates with them. I think we'll probably see Froden in the lineup. It would be kind of odd for me to, to think about them calling in somebody for such an important game going into Colorado. That being said, it's best of three series now, RJ. This is kind of the situation we wanted. You get two road games in there. I think the Kraken really, they have a shot here. They really do. They're in a good spot. I mean, through these four games, if they've proven anything, it's that they can hang with Colorado consistently. Every single game, they can hang with them. And going back on the road, I don't know. I, I just, I like two out of the three being on the road. It just, it makes me feel confident. So I, I think they're in a really good spot despite being down Jared McCann. Uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll see if he can, I, I don't want them to rush him back, honestly. I think they should approach that with caution. The fact that he's already ruled him out for the next game tells me that they that won't, tells right? Because you know as well as I do, there's a ton of coaches in the National Hockey League who wouldn't say that. And so the fact mm-hmm. that Dave Axel said that, I think it, one, it, it lets you know how serious the situation is, but I think also, too, it, it tells you kind of where their mindset is with that player. Because, uh, you know, a lot of teams, you'd say, hey, your top goal scorer just had that happen. They're they're not saying, like, definitively days yeah. in advance of the next game that they're out. Uh, Blaze King Gaming, big props to the out-of-market people who looked at my city's team and picked them as your team from a lifelong Seattleite. Much love. Definitely. Absolutely love it. Uh, our community is fantastic. The, I talked about the East Coast people earlier, RJ. I mean, it's Good. everybody everywhere. <laughs> it's been all about this. Um, Ty, the holding on Borgen was also total crud uh he got chicken winged bad that call led to the second goal refs are having too much influence over the playoffs league wide here to comment rj you know i will say i I thought and it went both ways at times i thought the officiating this game was really poor i thought i thought the officials did a bad job one keeping the game under control and two just the the calls it just seemed random at times there were kind of more egregious things that went uncalled both ways there were really soft calls that that did get called both ways i i thought this was the worst officiated game in this series for sure by far yeah oh for sure um i i totally agree with you it was it was odd too i just i really don't get don't get it um on this one uh where was it it just moved on me sorry 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 um back of my day that would have been a bench clearing brawl McCarr would not have finished this game with his teeth uh yeah i mean do you do you think that there's anything to that that the the kraken i mean they did get more physical after this i mean kraken had 57 hits if i'm remembering right mm-hmm. uh no 52 hits um that is a they, franchise record by the way yes definitely a record for them that's the largest number there that i've seen um you could tell like in the immediate shift afterwards Jamie Alexiak gave three really solid, you know, shoves, maybe one or two cross checks in there to Nathan McKinnon. Um, but but I did I, I do like the fact that the the Kraken are not a team that is going to let something like that affect them. And they're just going to go out there for revenge and kind of maybe throw away the game over something like that. They, they kept their heads in it and they said the best revenge we can get is by winning this game. They knew the only way they could really get revenge is on the scoreboard. When you're down 2-1 in a series, you don't really have that option. Because even, you know, if you kind of get even physically, if you lose this game, the Avs get exactly what they want. They get a 3-1 series lead, and they get to go close it out potentially at home. Um, the Kraken knew this was, I think, it was pretty much a must-win game for them. Um, and, yeah, there's no time to settle physical scores when that's the case. And um, I think they're, they're a team that just has the mental makeup that, that works for that. There's nobody that's going to get drawn into doing anything stupid. 
Yeah. Oh, no, no. They're they're a good team. And again, credit to the coaching staff on that as well, able to keep everybody focused. And I thought it was huge that they were able to go out and score on that power play uh, with Daniel Sprong there. I mean, the depth is back, RJ, right? Seeing three guys, all three goal scorers pick up their first goal of this series. I mean, this is just what this Kraken can do. Any given night, just people are going to step up and go out there and score. And again, Colorado just doesn't have answers for it. They just don't. They don't. And, and that was a topic of conversation, whether it was the players or Hackstall. You talked about the depth is our game. That is how we win when we get contributions from down the lineup. And I think Hackstall even made kind of a comment. I, I can't really like replicate his tone, but he's like, you know, obviously that's that's not the way they win. You know, that, that's not their game is the depth game, you know, kind of implying they really rely on their stars a lot. Um, and, and yeah, it's, it's a difference in this series, and it's going to be that battle back and forth. But when you have a guy like Daniel Sprong contributing, we talked about him before the series, we knew he had to be an X-Factor if the Kraken were going to accomplish something in this series. Showed up in this game big time after I think we were a little bit critical, too, uh, on the podcast. And I, we knew he was dealing with some kind of injury, but um, I, that was huge. That, that power play goal. Uh, after after the Kale McCarr hit on, on McCann. I think that's, I don't know, that's up there with the overtime winner as far as just important goals. Um, because without that, I, I think, you know, the Kraken are just kind of helpless at that point. No, I think that that's really, you know, it, it helped focus them. It helped them you know, remember that, like, look, the, the game is more important here. We got to deal with that, make sure we win it and all of that. Um, I think it's huge. Uh studs from becca here turbo and wenny you made sure kids got pucks yanni you made sure squids got pucks uh duds kill car is a jerk definitely i mean those boos were loud rj every time they were puck. i i was so proud of everyone i thought it would kind of die off by the end of the game no every bit is loud from like the moment that hit went to the end of the game i mean there was even i don't know if the broadcast caught it but there was a sing-along bohemian rhapsody going and they were in the middle of it. And then all of a sudden, Kale McCarr touched the puck. Instant Ooh. shower of booze. Like, yeah. there goes the sing-along. Just, that's more important. So, uh, I thought that was a really cool moment. Uh, it was. I loved to, see, to hear that. You could totally hear it on the broadcast. It was fantastic. My favorite part was on the power play. As they're, you know, Avalanche is cycling the puck. So, he keeps touching it. And it's like, boo, ah, boo, boo. Yeah, <laughs> a little, was little boost. Yeah, I just absolutely love that. Seattle Sasquatch asking, could this be the next mega rivalry? Could we get to Avalanche versus Red Wings playoff intensity? Let's go. I mean, this is the kind of game, RJ. It had all the elements that absolutely would would lead you to think that, yeah, this is this is maybe the Kraken's first really serious rivalry, right? It's playoffs. It's overtime controversy. All the elements are there. Yeah, this is how rivalries are made. Uh, and and I think fans, especially if you know you're the newer fan, kind of understand what we were talking about during the regular season, saying, well, if, if playoffs make rivalries in a different way than the regular season possibly can. And after having experienced this game, I think you know exactly what we were talking about. But yeah, this had all the elements, and, and I think um, yeah, it could be very well be on their way. I mean, we'll see how these final two games go. But it's funny, I was joking with uh, with Darren before the game about how this series has been so tame compared to all the other ones there was no real animosity i mean it was it was kind of physical but it was just on a whole lower level below any other series and now it's been ratcheted up completely 
Yeah, tonight was a completely different thing. I mean, they did during the broadcast just like a little montage of all the hits in this one. And it was like, okay, yeah, this is looking like, you know, that Boston, Florida series where it's just guys are just getting leveled. Like you just touch the puck, you're just going to end up on the ground. Like that's just the way it is. Um, I just, yeah, I, I love it. It's playoff hockey. It's, it's, there's some good stuff in there for sure. Uh, Daniel, the PK on the Larson penalty was amazing. I mean, penalty kill again, stepping up. Yes, the Avalanche eventually got a power play goal. You knew you weren't going to keep them off the board forever. But again, only one for three tonight, right? The, like this, still, this PK is absolutely incredible. And on that one, to do it without Adam Larson, I mean, he's been such a stud on that PK all year long. He's been really the backbone of it. So, I mean, all of them are, are fantastic. And really, the forwards for me on the PK right now are the guys that I'm just in awe of. Like, the, all of it has been great. Yeah, and the Avs, their best players like to kind of cycle up top and, and try and get lost there with Kale McCarr and Nathan McKinnon, the way they cycle up top. And the forwards have to deal with that. And it's very difficult. It's easy to get caught flat-footed against either of those two guys. And they manage not to. Uh, Yanni Kaur, Brandon Tanev. I mean, it's it's incredible skating-wise what they're able to do. It's a lot harder than it looks, uh, keeping with someone defensively there up top. And, I mean, what more can you say about this penalty kill? Just absolutely clutch all series long. And, yeah, they gave up a, a goal, but that means they're just back to 100% net <laughs> during yes. the series. Definitely, because we got that shorty beforehand. Uh, Aaron, you know, let's switch it on the special teams. Aaron saying power play is three for six. The the last little bit here, if you go back to the last game, at the end of last game, they're on fire. They are. I mean, power play woke up in this one, and they needed it. And you know, again, we we talked about this, whether it was going to be faceoffs or the power play or whatever. Those are the things that are the difference for the Kraken. Whether it was regular season games, we knew it was going to be that case for the playoffs. Tonight, you, you win more face-offs than they do. You scored more on the power play, and it was the difference. Yeah, have you talked about face-offs yet? Because I noticed an interesting strategy. Having the wingers go in and take them, cheat in, and you know what? Fine, if you get kicked out, we'll actually have the center come in and try and take it. Yes, so that was talked about. Somebody actually asked specifically, like, are we just getting, like, targeted by these refs that we keep getting tossed, like, like too much? I didn't pick up on the winger thing because, you know, me and faceoffs. It's just the one thing I can't ever, whatever, figure right. out for whatever reason. But I did say, you know, the Kraken knew that this, they had to win those. Is that like a car screeching? They drifting down there? Uh, it's, it is, sounds like a fan, someone, yeah, I don't, right. <laughs> with the yell um, and a Kraken, so. All right. Um, it, it felt like this was one where we knew the team knew that they needed to put an emphasis on winning the faceoffs. They were getting absolutely killed by that. And so I felt like, yeah, you know what? If they're getting tossed extra in this one, it's just because they're cheating. They're trying to go a little bit early if they can. And, and so, yes, you're confirming that. Yeah. Um, I, I love that strategy, by the way. And Haxtell yeah. mentioned on the off day between games, too. We need to cheat a little bit more on the faceoffs, and that is what you have to do in a playoff series. Like it sounds weird, but that's what they did, and it, and it worked. I don't know what the final faceoff numbers were, but I checked at one point. It was sixty percent for the Kraken. Such a dramatic difference. Yeah. Oh man. So 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 good. Um, let's see, uh, Nathan. My only complaint about the game-winning goal is they need to let that goal horn ring out just a little bit longer. Yep. I know just a little I think everybody was still a little bit caught off guard from that I know like the power play you see it coming the, there was also a, like a tiny blast of the goal horn even after the celebration everything I think just everybody was going nuts I don't blame anyone for you know uh, kind of struggling to figure it out in that moment 
Yeah, and I love the salute to the fans too after the the team was done celebrating. I like that the team celebrated as long as they did there around Ebbs too. Like that was really nice to see for sure. That was great. I don't know what the broadcast picked up, but you look at like Turbo's reaction too. Uh, that was great. If anyone wants to go back and look, I posted the whole video from my point of view uh, from the press box, and and it picked up some really good things. Definitely. Uh, and also, I know our photographer Jen must have gotten some great shots of that. Check on the Instagram. Check the Instagram for those photos. Yeah. It's going to be amazing. Yeah, those will be coming out uh, you know, to tonight and certainly all day tomorrow. Sure. Definitely. She's it. giving me a look. It might take a little bit. There's a lot to sort through. There's a lot. I know. I know. It's going to be great, though. It'll be worth the wait. And it just means we get to relive the moment uh, throughout the next little bit. Uh, it's going to be great. Um, I do have two questions for you, though, RJ. Yeah. Davy Jones hat. And who got to put the puck on the board? I don't know the answer to either of those. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, right. Yeah, I, I looked around for the Davy Jones hat, couldn't couldn't find it, and uh, yeah, I mean the puck That's on fun. the board. Yeah, it's hard to tell who puts it there yeah. if you don't see him uh, do it. Who would you give the Davy Jones hat to? I said I. It, it was really a team game, uh, so it I think was. you just got to go with Ebbs because I mean OTGWG, right? You know what? My my sleeper pick for this, and maybe this is more of a Davy Jones pick for it because he he wasn't named one of the stars. I haven't heard his name mentioned yet. But you know who I thought might have been the Kraken's best player as far as just doing all the really small things? I don't even know if he showed up on the score sheet. Justin Schultz? Good answer. Oliver Bjorkstrand. Okay, yeah. Uh, we had somebody- I loved all the little things he was doing in this game. Winning 50-50 battles, making good passes, being extra physical. I mean, this is one, if you go back and like watch this game and we'll do a deep dive tape study so many things from Oliver Bjorkstrand just standing out uh, that I wanted to kind of clip at that point. I, I would have if I uh, you know, was more able to. and wasn't here at the game. Yeah, no, uh, we had somebody in chat, Kyle. Uh, Bjorky just Bjorky, the biggest Bjorky game of all time or something like that. <laughs> it was definitely there. Uh, loved it. That that Yanni Gord line, fantastic. Yanni Gord, I mean, going back to talking about face-offs, down at 30% for the series going into this game, 67% today. Really stepped it up. So good for Yanni. Uh, I don't know if you've looked at the box score very closely or not, RJ. Um, Jaden Schwartz and shots on goal. Do you know what that number is for him? Let's see. I'm going to guess like six or seven. He had that one where he's whacking away at the pad and the puck snuck right. in underward. That's got to be a few at least. What if I give you an over under of nine and a half? Oh, my. <laughs> Based on I, get, I take just the under just, just from like trying to be somewhat reasonable. What What is it? Well, you're definitely wrong. Eleven. I should have checked that. I, I that would have been great to ask him a question. Just throw that stat out there. <laughs> when was the last time you saw eleven in the shots on goal uh, column here on the box sheet? Uh, it's it's insane. I wonder oh, how man. many they gave him on that one where he was just literally trying to sh you know kind of throw Georgiev and the puck into the net, and just jamming away at that. That it's was that was a great play. Down. Just held yeah, the down, he held the button down. I, he was asked too, like, did, did you think that was going to count? Did you think it, it went in? All that stuff. He's like, I don't know. I had four guys on top of me. I couldn't see anything. You're just going at that point. Uh, Ty, Biz Nasty had some great stuff to say about Seattle on his pod. Even said Bowie has earned his place and offered a truce. Worth a listen if you get a chance. I will definitely check that out, Ty. Thank you. Um, uh, CDO Eberly said on TBS his daughter is terrified by Bowie. Oh, my God. 
<laughs> oh, that's adorable, though. I get it. I get it. You know, it's, yeah, yeah. So there's a lot going on with Bowie. You know what I mean? As as a little kid, I could see that. Oh yeah, uh, that's fantastic. Uh, after this game, the West is wide open. Only Vegas has a three-game lead. Everyone else in the West is tied up. Gotta love the playoffs. Um, like it would be a two-game lead for Vegas, right? Yeah, it's three-one. Yeah. But I, yeah. I know what they meant. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, the West is it's wild. This is I I do like this about hockey. I mean, the 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 parody it makes for such good playoffs, RJ. It does. It's so fun this year too, and especially with the Kraken being very much in it at this point. You know, you're rooting for longer series too. Like you want that Minnesota Dallas series go as long as it possibly can. Uh, you know, for your potential opponent. I mean, it's it's great just watching around the league. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, Ty, man, look at the shot chart and expected goals. Imagine if this team could finish. Need to get that killer instinct for next season and capitalize on the opportunities. I know I checked the money puck, uh, the win- the good old winnow meter, RJ, uh, in the third period, and it was just pegged at 86%. It finished 86.4% in favor of the Kraken. It was just a, it was a huge game from them. You go and you look at like the line stats and stuff, and really just all these lines were absolutely killing it. Uh, the Kraken, they outplayed them in everything. The only two things they didn't outplay them in, RJ, was penalty minutes. The Avalanche had more. And giveaways. The Avalanche had more. But, you know, if you got to lose something, those are the things. Yeah, those lose. are some good categories if you got to lose something. And, I mean, the you look at the shot quality, too. The Kraken reached w- the one expected goal mark four minutes into By the way. game. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. I, I would definitely recommend people go to go to Money Puck, go click on this game. You can look at the shot chart, but if you scroll down to the expected goals like kind of chart thing, um, just the, the gap between the two teams as the game keeps going and Seattle just keeps going up. It's really something to see. Shoeshine, when the booze stopped the Bohemian rap uh stopped Bohemian Rhapsody, I yelled, You ruined our song, Makar. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Add it to the you list. Did? Added to the list of reasons to to, to boo him again in game six. Because uh, we're getting a game six, RJ. Get to go I to know. another game of Climate Pledge. Another game in this building. I'm so excited. I, I was really hoping for that. I, I want to come back. Mm-hmm. I, and, I'll, and now I get to. So this is great. I'll have to find a different tie or something or a new shirt. <laughs> Might have to go out and get another shirt. Um, let's see. Uh, Daniel, I really thought Bjorky was going to get game winner. He was playing great. For sure. Uh, Stryak, the Kraken uh, PK finally gave up a goal after the Avs knocked PK or McCann out of the game. That's true. Mm, I that's mean, a I good talked, point, actually. Yeah, I talked about yeah. him after last game, how great he was. All right, everyone's giving us a lot of grues in chat here. I guess we, could, we could, do got to talk about Grubauer. Um, I felt like this, you know, obviously Grubauer staying rock solid in there, keeping the team in it. Obviously, anytime the game goes to overtime, it means the goaltender's doing a good job. Uh, unless it's like eight, eight, I guess. Um, but, <laughs> uh, Grubauer, another fantastic game from him. I mean, he's just, he's the guy, I guess that's why we haven't really talked about it. This is just becoming normal. He's just there. He's a stud. Exactly. You just, you expect this kind of game out of him and, and he absolutely brought it. Um, and, and especially, you know, in overtime when the abs were putting on a push early, Colorado had a really good start to overtime. And I, I remarked after one of the saves, just like, as nervous as we all were up in the press box and the fans and everything, I'm just like, Rubauer, he just looks so calm. Even getting up yeah. after that save, it's just like, like it's the beginning of the first period. There's nothing wrong with it. Yeah, no, <laughs> he's, he's just playing fantastic. A couple people in here talking about how you have to wear that same outfit 
Wear, you gotta wear it all for game six, RJ. Okay. Well, let's see. I changed up the shirt and tie from game three to game four. I guess I gotta keep this though. This is the winning. Yes. The winning combination. The I don't think anyone would fault me for that, right? I mean, no, no one in the movie is gonna be like, "What? Same outfit? You gotta change it up?" No, no. you can't. No, it's NHL playoffs. All right, so this, going with this, this exactly. Make sure to mark the stock, the socks, all that kind of stuff. Um, and I won't get into whether or not you need to wash any of it. I was we'll gonna say, do I need lot. to wash? All right, no comments on that. I'll we'll leave, leave that, that up to my yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Super chat here from Pete. Thank you very much, Pete. That was electric. Being there in person was a complete emotional roller coaster. Love this team. Love RJ suit. Love the ECH community. Love you too, Pete. Congrats on being able to go to that game. I mean, hey, Dylan, fantastic. Yeah. Thank you so much for feedback. Can I just take a minute? I'll be right back. Okay. Real quick. That was a smile. What? What's this mean? What's this mean? Hi, Jen. It's a secret. Hi. Okay. Sorry. Everybody everybody say hi to Jen. Wonderful photographer. Love the pics. I love the the Jamie Alexiak celebration pics. Those are great, Jen. All right. Secret. What are we getting? What do you all think we're getting here? Who's going to join? That's got to be the thing, right? Who's joining? I agree with you, Carlos. This is very suspicious. Highly suspicious. Edward, RJ Suit now part of playoff legend for ECH community. Oh, for sure. Um, let's see. Silly question. Is there any way the Kraken could have challenged the holding penalty in the second period on replay? The Avs player clearly grabbed to cause the penalty on the Kraken. No, unfortunately, there's no ability to challenge that. You can only challenge uh, goal. Um and whether or not like there was interference or something like that on there. Um, RJ has gone streaking from Dottie. I highly doubt that. Uh, and I would prefer maybe not to have to go, you know, hop on a plane, go bail RJ out in Seattle. Uh, <laughs> I love the, I love the creativity though. Bowie, that's, that's maybe what I was thinking too. I don't know. I don't know. Saddle Sasquatch when RJ goes down to Colorado, will he wear that suit? RJ's not going to call. If anybody goes to Colorado, it'll be me. I got to get in at least one playoff game if we're doing that. Come on. <laughs> I got no problem being being selfish there. Some Everett's. I have no idea what's going on. This is a nice prolonged uh, period of suspense here. Definitely, definitely. Um, any chance Berkey comes back for game five? No, Matthew. Unfortunately, uh, they've already talked about it. he's out for this whole series um, okay. and potentially longer. You'll be here um, game six, right? Oh. You'll be here game six? Huh? Okay, huh? we'll talk then. All right. Yeah, are you going to press row? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm on, I'm on press row with the press bridge, so I'll, I'll see you. All right. Hi. Sorry about that. What's up? <laughs> I know. Sorry, had to network a bit. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, Nico Tamarian was there, and I hadn't, I hadn't actually like talked to him yet. He wanted to meet me. He was sticking around. He was waiting to go until I could say hi. And so Jen's like, "Come on." Oh. <laughs> so I sorry, everybody. Had to take a minute there. Okay, everyone thought you were bringing like Bowie on, no, or Everett, I wish, I or wish. somebody like somebody was. We were gonna get some special appearance. All right, I wish. Well, I, I owe you guys one. I, I owe you one. Yeah, people will forget that, you know. Sure. <laughs> I know. Chandler, buoy or a hot dog? Yeah, no, I should just go in to grab whatever leftover hot dogs been sitting there for an hour. I know, man. <laughs> Hold uh, on, I'll be right back. Um, love all that stuff. I, this has been a fantastic post game uh, and everything. Waiting, uh, not waiting. Uh, being here with everybody. I mean, we're an hour and twenty minutes deep into this one. I yeah, think we'll amazing. Probably be wrapping it up here. I'll do a little, real quick last call. Um, 
Shay, I had a revelation. Jordan Eberle is no stranger to clutch moments when the team needs him. Hello, Mr. Team Canada. I know. I mean, we talked about it earlier, but the, the dude just comes through in the clutch, RJ. He's just that guy. He is. He is. And I think back to you know, him having the first hat trick here and everything. He's he's good for the big moments in this building. Yeah. I mean, he is. I, I love to see it. Um, Dylan has to go. Has to be the one to go if anyone goes to uh, Colorado. His power is unmatched, especially because I still have the pack of five gum. Oh yes, and dip if, into that when you need. I don't know if, if we could handle that in the playoffs though. If Kate was there too, like oh, it, magic, it would be. It would be incredible. Everybody, just the the, the power would be there. Uh, somebody had mentioned this earlier. Uh, let me try to, to. Oh, I I know who it was. Um, it was Jake, I believe. Yes, it was Jake. Uh, bringing up. Ellie Tolvanen's hit total, RJ. Now, he did lead the team in hits, okay? And you know the Kraken set a franchise record with 52. I'm going to put the over-under at six and a half for him. I'll I'll take the over because I remember two of them specifically. Uh, it was the shift after the Makar hit. When Makar came back onto the ice after the penalty, the one guy who was actually, like, kind of trying to go after him and land a couple hits, that was Ellie Tolvanen. And I'd love to see that from him. Yeah, all absolutely. clean. Didn't take any dumb penalties. Nothing that crossed the line. But he made sure to finish checks and and give him some contact. Oh, for sure. And I'm actually surprised the the number that surprises me more than the eight hits. So you were right on the over that time. Uh, yeah. Zero shots on goal for Tolvanen from this one. Got to think we'll <laughs> see that that be a different number next time. Yeah, that's uh, not characteristic for in, him in game five. Everyone's saying. Speaking of fit, uh, Fitz's call in the game winning goal was electric from Nathan. I can oh, imagine. Sure. Can't I can't wait, wait to go, go hear that. that. Yeah, and Daniel saying Ed Zone Forslund had a great uh, uh, OT as well. Uh, definitely going to go and look at that, Edward. <laughs> Five gum, Palpatine voice, chew it. I know, I know. It only works in person, though. Only works in person. Yeah. Um, can we just talk about Will Borgen's contract until RJ gets back? Nah, it's triadic. There'll be, there'll be plenty of time come the offseason. Can't do that without me. Come on. <laughs> I, I guess that's what I deserve for leaving for a bit. Yeah, exactly. All right, everybody. Uh, all right, everybody. Uh, thank you so much for joining us for this one. Uh, series tied two two. It's going to be best of three. Cracking are rolling right now. I mean, this this is. I feel it, RJ. This is going to go seven. Like, how could it yeah. not? After all this, this is a fantastic team. Love the depth. Love everything. Love Queen Anne Beer Hall for sponsoring the post game lives, and most of all, love all of you for being in here. Still 177 of you uh, with you with us, and it's 10 minutes to midnight on the West Coast <laughs> here. So, assuming most of you aren't all in like Hawaii, still chilling in prime time. So, thank you all very, very much for being here with us. Cannot wait for game five on Wednesday. It's going to be electric. Uh, can't wait to watch it all with you and see y'all next time. <laughs>